I just made a word up. That's so funny. <laughs> we just became a conglomerate. <laughs> Where did that word come from? More than five letters. More yeah, than five not, letters. That's, that's, right. that's five syllables. That's more than five letters. My husband works with computers, and that is very different <laughs> than ministry. Yeah. So I can throw something out, and you can say, that's stupid, Kay. We have a severe case of collective ADD. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. Community and connection have been vitally important because, you know, if you do it by yourself, it's all your fault. There were 15 of us in a tiny room. With- we have no idea how professional or unprofessional this thing may turn out once we're done with it. Check, check one, two. Is this thing on? Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. My name is Chris Lynch, host of the Cultivating Ministry Podcast, and we are happy to have you back for another episode. Um, I'm here again with Kay Wolfinger. Say hello, Kay. Hello, Kay. Life's treating you well, Kay. We just life's, got through. Life's good. We just got through April Fool's Day. Hopefully, you didn't get tricked too bad. Um, no. Nobody got you, or or maybe hopefully, maybe you were um, the the trick er, not the trick e. Um, you know, I'm not big on um, practical jokes. Yeah, I you know, and that's hard because in youth ministry, a lot of times the kids look. I hate them. Honestly, uh, not only do I not I really, really get into do. it, I despise them with every ounce of my being. I do. And I guess I'm, I, yeah, anyway. And I actually shifted a whole culture. <laughs> and because when I came into the conference, CCYM was all about practical jokes. That's funny. By the time I left, they didn't do them. <laughs> you put the, you, as Barney Fife would say, you nip it, nip it, nip it. Yes. Um, so, I mean, how about this then? What what's um what's the what's the uh, best practical joke or best April Fool's prank ever played on you or you played on someone? So um, I got a great one, by the way. I can't wait to share mine. Okay, so the the one that I remember the most, my now husband. I think we were engaged at the time. We were staying at my mom's house. And I'm thinking that it was when the time changed, but did the time used to change around April 1st? I don't yes, know. It actually was later than it is now. They okay. actually backed it up just a few years ago, backed it up another month or so. So yeah, around okay. April. Around, yeah, that's right. That'd be about right. Okay. okay so we, um, instead of, how did we do this? Instead of going back an hour, we went back two hours, I believe, so that way we weren't late at all, and and did it to my mom, you know, all the clocks because back then, except you sprung, do, except you spring forward, so you moved them forward. Oh, okay, so we went up two hours. No, I forget what. <laughs> well, that's a great, that's a fantastic worked, joke. She was getting ready for church too early, and we were laughing yes. at her. Yes, that was, you, so, you would have had two hours then. That okay. makes sense. Okay. And so, you know, that was before we had cell phones that were automatically doing right. it for you. Right? right. So we were able to pull it off. On okay. It. So I think this is a sidebar. I think every family has that person who like starts setting the clocks for that have to be manually started like way early, like on Saturday afternoon or sometime. And you have no idea. Do you have that person in your family? It's no. Michelle's, Michelle's dad does that. Last week or a few weeks ago, we changed the clocks over. 
like I got home, I had been somewhere at a meeting or something. I don't remember where I was. And I went and looked at the stove clock and it said 10 o'clock. I'm like, it's not 10 o'clock. It was nine o'clock. He'd already changed it forward. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh no. I panicked yeah. a bit, but yeah. I wait till the next morning because otherwise, I mean, you know, it doesn't take much to confuse me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, with, with this, you mentioned the cell phone thing. With the cell phone thing, I'm always a little nervous. Like, what if it doesn't change? And then I show up to church late. That would, or, you know, because it's always on a Sunday. So. Yeah. So yeah. mine, my April, the best April, the, 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 the best I had ever been gotten. And probably I've never gotten anybody as good as my wife got me one year. Mm. You're going to love this story. So oh, good. Um, we were living at Anderson university we, Michelle was an RHS and we were living in Anderson university and Michelle was working in the registrar's office at Anderson university. I was the youth director of the church and it just, and this again, I guess we've been back when it was in April because um, we were pregnant with Lindy, or she was pregnant with Lindy. Um, and we had gone for an ultrasound a few, a, like two days before April Fools. I, now, you have to understand, I was 20, I don't know, 25, 26 years old. I, I don't, I had yeah. no clue. I've now had three daughters. I'm not by no means am I an expert, but I had no clue how all this went down, how pregnancy worked, how ultrasounds worked and all that. Well, they had done an ultrasound a few days before and Michelle convinced one of the girls in her office who I didn't know her voice. Well, I got a call from the church that said, she said, this is such and such from Dr. Lacey's office. We've been trying to get Michelle. We can't get her on the phone. Have you heard from her? No, I haven't heard from her. I said, you know, what's going on? They're like, well, we took another look at the ultrasound and we had some, we need to share something with her. I said, well, you, I mean, I can have her call you. She says, we'll just, we can just tell you and let her know. And I'm like, okay, obviously this would, this is, I realize now this is complete, but I, I bought it hook, line and sinker. <laughs> now this and, is before HIPAA was really a thing. Yeah, too. I, maybe so. The lady says to me, well, we looked at the ultrasound and it turns out it looks like you guys are going to have twins. <laughs> My chin falls to the desk and I'm like, what okay i said all right well um and, and so michelle and i had so twins had twins have skipped generations in both of our families so we had talked about there was a potential that we could have twins so it wasn't far-fetched and, okay. like, and i'm thinking holy crap and right. so i hang the phone up and i'm like why is my wife not answering the flipping phone <laughs> and so i immediately call her she immediately <laughs> answers she goes hello i said hey um, uh, I'm stuttering. I, I I just got, I don't know how to say this to my wife. We're going to have twins. I just got a call. By the time I said, I just got a call from Dr. Lacey's office. She goes, April She's fools laughing. and busts out laughing. <laughs> I have That's never been one. so, I was at the, I was simultaneously extremely mad and extremely proud of my wife because mm, she pulled off absolutely the best April fools joke ever. So, um, yeah, that's a little random <laughs> open today, which doesn't really connect to our, <laughs> I don't know how, we're not going to be able to make a silky segue from that uh, no, to, to segue. like Jesus. But uh, in this week's podcast, we're going to talk have about- fun. What, Jesus liked to have fun. <laughs> he did. My favorite picture of Jesus, that one is somebody drew of him laughing. With his yeah. Just cackling. Because I think that Jesus had to laugh. I mean, you think about some of the goofy things the disciples did, the duh oh, disciples, right? somebody said, he had to just sometimes just shake his head and laugh. Um, yeah. We're continuing our conversation today about Jesus' leadership style based on an article from the Lewis Center for Leadership. They, 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 that's how where I've got it. It's actually by Ed Stetzer and Tom Rayner. If you didn't hear our last episode, we covered the first three um, 
traits of Jesus' leadership style. Jesus invested in people. Jesus saw long and far, and Jesus sent people away from him on mission. Today, we're going to cover the next few. Uh, we still don't know how many it's going to be. Maybe three or four today, and then three or four the next time. Um, but we're going to dive in. Again, if you haven't heard the beginning of that conversation, go back and listen to episode 27, I think it is, um, and you can catch up. Um, but the fourth uh, trait of Jesus' leadership style is that Jesus greed for communities. Um, it says in the in the little description, Jesus was heartbroken over the rebellious nature of Jerusalem's inhabitants. He wept over community and calls us to love ours. Man, that's sometimes really hard in this world we live in. And, and I guess part of that becomes, you know, how do you define your community? You know, but um, I, I think one of the things that the that the at the core of this was that Jesus had a what I have learned have had heard termed a profound love of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where to me this grieving and, and compassion for our community starts with a, a mm-hmm. profound love of people. And if we have a a a deep love of people because of how God has loved us and we try to emulate how God has loved us in how we love others, then we will be compelled, I think, to grieve for our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that in that grief and that that compassion it it, it compels us to act. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things that that's where it gets into leadership is you can't just sit idly by, and you're feeling that sort of feeling for those in your community. What what thoughts do you have, Kay, about about how that ties to leadership? Yeah, I think well, first, grieve does not mean judge. Those are two different oh, wow. things. That's really and, good. Um. And I feel like in our society today, in our country, we are we see our community as the people who think and do like we think and do. Um, and I mean, you can put the barriers however you want. That could be socially, that could be um, politically, it could be whatever. Um, and so I think it's really important as Christians to look at community as those who don't always think the way you think or do what you would do. Um, and, um, and what came to mind when you were talking was um, that quote that you have never looked into the eyes of someone that God doesn't love. And so I think that's where this grieving comes from is that God loves everyone and so we are called to do that as well and so to hurt for those who are hurting and um to want to help those who need that no matter who they are yeah. or where they come from so yeah, yeah. every time i every time i hear these every time i have these kind of conversations i have this little melody playing in the back of my head it's either a matt marr or a matthew west song that, that talks about give me the eyes so i can see Oh yeah, the yeah. Idea mm-hmm. that song is basically, you know, I want to see the world. I want to see my community through mm-hmm. your eyes. I, I want to have the. You know, and you start, and, and I'm telling you, and I've said this before often to to youth and, and adults alike. If you begin to pray that prayer of, you know, give me your eyes. I want to see the world like you see it. You better be ready. Yeah. If he grants <laughs> you that prayer. It's it's gonna it's gonna mess with your mind. It's gonna rock mm-hmm. your world, and it's probably mm-hmm. gonna make. It, but it will lead to transformation. You know, mm-hmm. And to see and have compassion and see the and, and the compassion and the profound love that God and Jesus have and, and showed to people um, 
who who were for no reason deserving of it, including right. us, by the way. <laughs> the, right. the, the, you know, everyone. Um, you know, it, it's um, it, it it'll it'll rock your world for sure. I think we should skip to six here and come back to five because That's I fine. think. To me, four and six are kind yeah, of fine. just remind me when we move on from six to go back to five. I'll go straight to seven because I, <laughs> I they are actually numbered on the, the the in the article. Um, so number six is that Jesus embraced other cultures. Uh, Jesus embodied a cross cultural gospel focus. Was not afraid or offended by the Samaritans. Went out of his way to talk with them, and refused to give up when they rejected him. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts there? That you. Well, I- Again, I think this goes back to um, there's all kind of cultures in our uh, country and in our communities today. And um, whether or not they're Christian or not, or whether or not they um, believe in church, you know, or believe in uh, worshiping on a Sunday or whatever, um, I think that we are called to embrace um and by embrace that that doesn't mean giving in or giving up on where we're convicted and and on our beliefs but just loving people um and and I think an easy way to do that is just to say I'm you know I just I, I just know God loves you and that yeah. that's what I believe, and that's why I'm living how I'm living. And again, out. it goes back to because God loves me. You know, so yeah. when I yeah. when I read that, yeah. when I read that, I was, uh, and, and and by the way, God loves me, and I'm just as unlovable as you are. Yeah, <laughs> you <right. know>? Um, <laughs> yeah. is my point there. When I read that, um, that trait a few minutes ago, I was reminded my, my I was I'm in a small group with my my pastors in my small group. That's a little bit intimidating, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't actually, mean that. Ooh, but that's hard. <laughs> I, I actually facilitate. You'll love this. I actually facilitate a group, uh, a small group that that has my current pastor and a retired Methodist pastor in it. Woo! Yeah, no pressure there. Um, but my pa- pastor recently in one of our meetings was talking about we we're talking about spiritual growth and transformation. And he said, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking lately about how how spiritual growth happens and when the spiritual growth happens. And he said, I think I've realized that really spiritual growth happens in in, in three in three uh, three times or in three ways. Um, one is on a on a on a mountaintop experience. You know, you can all experience those times you've been at a conference or a retreat and had those encounters with God at a mountaintop. The other place is that spiritual growth happens in those valleys in the low times. Mm-hmm. When you have tragedies, when you have difficult times you go through, you feel closer to God there. And he said this, and this is the one that stuck out to me. The set third one he said is what he has labeled an encounter with another, with the other. And he says whether that's somebody who, but basically somebody who's not like you. So whether that's going on a foreign mission trip to, you know, a third world country, um, or 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 going on a trip to you know any other culture you know it, i'm in the mm-hmm. south it could be me going to ohio for all of that you know and, and but some true. people who are not like you or <laughs> yes it's someone who looks different than you who is of a different ethnicity or it's someone who believes differently than you mm-hmm. and as i've been thinking about that and kind of you know going through life and, and since then I've, I've really have said i think that he's so right mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the things that 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 one of the reasons maybe that that Jesus was so um 
why he was so adamant about embracing other cultures beyond the fact that he didn't see them as different because he loves everyone. Right. But, you know, so I think that's really interesting and really has struggled me. And, I've, and I really kind of think I've gotten to the point. I believe that's true as well. You know, and I think it's those uncomfortable moments. Like that's how I would describe those, those points yeah. of being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's in the comfort sometimes that we lose sight of God's greatness, I think. Uh, and that comfortableness could be just that we have a warm home and food and, you know, and, and, and um, that privilege. But also um, in those uncomfortable moments when someone maybe grew up differently or didn't grow up in the church and is asking you difficult questions, uncomfortable, difficult questions, um, that's a moment of spiritual growth. But yeah, I think that's spot on. Um yeah. For sure. I like that. Yep. It's great. I thought it was great as well. Mm -hmm. um, so going back, back to five. number five, um, <laughs> I did remember uh, the fifth one was that Jesus led a balanced life. By the use of the word balance, we mean his perfect investment in multiple environments. Jesus knew the value of time away from the crowds. On mm. several occasions, he retreated from crowds to spend time in prayer. He pulled away from the crowds to rest and pray. Um, Here's what I say about that. Yep. The Ten Commandments, it is in the Ten Commandments that you keep the Sabbath holy. Yep. And we love to, you know, point fingers and to talk about all the others of those commandments that we do not or other people do not follow. But it was so important to God that it was one of the ten. Yeah, I mean, it's easy not to kill. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's not so easy to keep that Sabbath, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're in ministry, I feel for pastors who are going a million different ways, 12 hours, seven days. Um, but I mean, Jesus couldn't do it. So yeah. how can I? Yeah. I, I And I think balance, too. I, I am. Balance is like if I had to tell you one of my core words, it is balance. I just think that that. And so much of what I've done in my life and been in ministry and out of ministry, when when I feel like my life is in balance, um, I feel I just that, that I'm mm. the best version of myself. My life is in balance. I think we and, all are. And, 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 and we don't know, realize. Yeah. The couple the, episodes ago, we we um, Caroline and Laura and I talked about the 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 review, the article, the youth worker well-being survey from the youth cartel. You know, it listed six different types of well-being, like physical well-being, financial well-being, spiritual well-being, emotional well-being, relational well-being. And I don't remember the sixth, but there were six types of well-being. And 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 that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about balance. It's it's I'm not just I, you cannot just be. As a leader, you cannot always be leading. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have to take time to care for a number of reasons. Number one, if first of all, for your own sanity and health. But also, right. if all you're ever doing is, is leading, particularly in ministry, and this is easy. This is so much. This I think is a challenge for people who lead in the church, particularly because we want to be so dedicated to doing God's work that we neglect other areas yeah. of our life yeah. that we're we're not taking care of ourselves emotionally. I mean, oh, vocational. Actually, vocational well-being was the other one. I think it was maybe. Okay. But you're not taking care of your family. You're not taking care right. of. of 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 yourself, you're not taking care of all of those, you know, your your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, and all those kind of things. 
And so that idea of finding balance in your life, somebody, I don't know who it was, tabbed it as margins, making making sure you have margin in your life. and that margin, I I, I kind of relate to that thing because I was I don't know if you were a doodler in in school. Oh yeah, but absolutely. like oh my gosh, I, my notes in school I guess is the ADD. That the only never, way, yeah, only way to pay attention. That has never diagnosed, but in the margins of my notebook was always all kinds of stupid drawings or little doodles yes. or games or whatever, yes. and and that was balance for me because if I did if I, I that gave my mind. You know, occupy my, you know, it, it, so I, I love that, I, that, that word of, you know, finding margins. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if, you know, mm-hmm. when you start talking about, you know, practical ways to do that, find a hobby, you know, or, mm-hmm. or um, yes, Kay also mentioned one of taking, of, of having a Sabbath, having a Sabbath. What is your day? If you, particularly if you're in the ministry world, Sunday is always considered to be the Sabbath. If you're in the ministry, Sunday's not a day off. It's not, you're not having Sabbath. You're working on Sundays. So what day are you going to have a Sabbath where you have time to kind of re-energize and, and, and to find balance? Because if you don't find balance, you're going to right. fall off the beam if you don't balance yourself to go to your gymnastics uh, analogies. Well, and I, what I need as a reminder for balance, too, is um, exercise and not just sitting in front of my computer or any yeah. screen for that matter all the time. Um, that's a huge balance um and and taking care of your well-being your your physical um well-being but also that helps your mental well-being um too um yeah i think this example you know that i mean jesus did it so we should as well um is absolutely important um Oh, also, I was trying to think there was something I wanted that came to mind, too, about um, work related. Um, If I didn't take time for quietness as well, that was when some of the best ideas um, uh, came to me. So it was maybe walking and praying and and just clearing my mind and allowing um, the spirit to kind of move or that type of thing. And so finding those moments, um, because if you're constantly leading, then how do you know? Yeah. I don't know. I had a hard time knowing if the direction I was going is the, was the right one. Um, if I never took the time to listen. And, um, if and if you're like me, and I think so many people in this world of, of constant go, 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 the mind's constantly moving. It, it, and it's funny because the, the retired pastor in my, in my, in my small group the other week talked about com- contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. Or centering prayer. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. May same same thing. But he talked about it's an exercise that basically it's 20 minutes that you're in silence. And he said the first 15 minutes of that is basically every thought that comes to your mind, you're you're giving it permission to leave your mind. And he said, then you have this once you have emptied your mind, then you get to this centering prayer where you can really be with God. Man, I was like, that was really convicting to me because I don't know that I ever take time just to be quiet for t- twenty minutes. And if you know, twenty minutes is why, a long I time. Yeah, I, yeah, it feels like a long time. So, but yeah, I think that's those of us who like to doodle. Though I will say, um, some of the best time that I've done that is actually I have a, co- a coloring book, adult coloring book that has well, not adult, I guess, because anyone could do it. It's Bible verses, uh. and so. You know that needing to be yep. able to do something. Yep. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, for sure. Um, 
Let's see if we can get through seven. Now leave us three okay. for next time. Jesus gave up his will. Jesus surrendered his will to the Father. Uh, a, a transformational leader is in tune with the heart of God. And he goes on to say, we are not able to equal his work, but as transformational leaders, we must resolve to do whatever God requires. Jesus gave up his human will for God's higher purpose. So must we. Oof. That kind yeah. of stings a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah. It gets to this, it gets to the it, the heart of that issue for me is this idea of motive. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's how do we, how do we as leaders, um, Lead well, but make much make much of Jesus over much of ourselves, um, and, and that's difficult because we all like to be pat on the back. We all like to get recognition. We all like to right. feel like we're the best um, in some circles. Uh, in this, in this, or we think we know. Yeah, we know the best. We know the answers. It should be this way. Um, okay. And that, starts, and that and that gets to the heart of it. The other part of the heart of that is 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 humility. Mm-hmm. And, and, and absolutely. And here's the reality of what I've experienced is that if you don't practice humility, God will make sure you get humility. <laughs> You'll learn. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, and so you can learn the easy way, or you can, you know, what yeah. I have called the proverbial <laughs> slap in the face from God. You know, it's like right. get a hold of yourself. You're not. You're. You know, and and I know there's lots of people that get upset. You know, don't jive with the the theology of, 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 of I'm, I'm worthless, you know, without God. But mm-hmm. I think there's, mm-hmm. and again, balance to go out of that. But I think that, 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 that we have to come to point. We, that, that it's, it's that passage, I think it's from Galatians that says that for me to, for, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And God calls us as disciples. What do we do? We, we, we die daily to ourselves. We take up our cross daily which means we die to ourselves and allow God to live through us. Right. Um, and so that's where I think that, that idea, that piece comes in of we give up our will. It is not much. It's not making, I'm not, in other words, I'm not the main character in my story. Yeah. How do yeah. I make, how do I make God the or main the author character? of it? <laughs> right. How do I make God the main character in my story? And I'm, I'm the, I, I can get, I can get best supporting actor. And you know, in the Oscars were a month or so ago. I can get I can receive best supporting actor in in the um in in the screenplay of of right. the life of Chris, a man called Chris, rather than a man called Otto. By the way, fantastic movie. Haven't seen it. Uh, no, go ahead. Um I, I was just gonna say, you know, how do you do that? How do you know God's will? And I think it's important to put people around you who will speak truth, who won't just say what you want them to say, but to who really know you and will speak truth into your life. It's really important. Sometimes that's hard as a leader um, to find those people, especially if you're a head pastor. And um, it's sometimes, I mean, I would find it when I went outside of my local congregation Um, was easier for me, but um, it is important to have, it could be a spouse, you know, but um, finding the people who are going to tell you the things that are not always easy um, yeah. or who are seeing things in your life that maybe um, you need to change or there's a new direction coming your way. I think time too, giving up our will on timing is sometimes hard um, and knowing God's timing is um, perfect. Uh, I just lived that out the last 12 months. Um, 
and uh and you just have to that's a huge faith piece i think yeah and i, and I think too gets back we just talked about getting quiet and hearing god and i think that mm. we're so so we don't off we don't allow i think that's how we hear from god how he hears how the spirit speaks to us is through that and i have a i have a friend who comes from a who's a pastor of more of a charismatic church um and he said, I, he said, I've practiced it. And I said, how do you practice it? He said, you're going to laugh at me. But he said, literally, I don't go to the grocery store very often. He said, when my wife sends me to the grocery store for an item. He said, I will go into the store. Like, Lord, tell me what aisle the bread's on. He said, I'll stand there <laughs> and wait to hear from God. And he said, sometimes mm-hmm. I, I fail, but sometimes, you know, so, but, you know, but it's, we, I think we had to practice hearing from God. I mean, that, and that requires us being quiet enough to allow him to speak to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also he speaks through his word. So that's a good part of yeah. part two is being in his word and reading his scriptures because that's the, that's the written revelation of God. And then you have the, the unwritten, which is the spirit speaking to you. So yeah, right. that's good yeah. stuff. That's another good. It is. We're really it really good is. Don't tell everybody else we're this good without them. They might get their hurts, feelings hurt. Yeah. We'll keep it a secret. Yeah. I wrote a secret <laughs> until they listen to this podcast. We'll find <laughs> out. I'll tell you what, that's gonna be one way to find out if they listen to this podcast or not. Ah, that's right. <laughs> Do they actually listen? That's mm. right. So this week's random fact of the week is about sugar. I bet you'll never guess what it, it is, is about sugar. sugar. Um, uh, 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 are you singing Def uh, Leppard? Oh, uh, sugar. Now you're doing sugar. I thought you put pour some sugar. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we could do pour some sugar on me. Okay. Anyway, probably, go ahead. Probably not appropriate for a ministry podcast, no, but that's no, another no. thing. But I know you're a big Def Leppard fan. And I am. I, um, putting sugar on a cut will make it heal faster. You know, I think I know that. I think my son does this. Really? Pour some sugar on oh, top. Oh, no. Of- I think it was salt. Yeah, okay. Pour some ahead. sugar on top of the wound and wrap it with a bandage. The granules of the sugar crystals, this is disgusting, will absorb <laughs> any moisture that bacteria thrive on. How's that for some sugar? Really? Yeah. Interesting. Another use for sugar. It's more than just putting it in your tea, or at least for me. You don't do that up in Ohio, but... Oh, but uh, that's my preferred way of doing yes, it. Yes, you have you have been sufficiently trained in the ways of the yes. South. Yes, we put sugar in everything down here. Yes, well, <laughs> I, you know what? I do. I do put sugar in a lot of things: chili, green well, beans. Oh, don't, There's a lot of things. Put sugar in chili, can you're killing me, Smalls? Well, y'all uh, also put it on no, grits, and that uh, would make and putting it on grits would make my grandfather roll over in his grave. I don't. Eat, so, I don't eat grits. Well, that's a shocker. Chili, it doesn't make chili sweet. It makes it, uh, it takes okay. the tanginess of the tomatoes out. I'm out. I'll find it's another good. way. To, I'll find I have another to make chili for you someday. Well, I, I've and Michelle to, will have to come to Ohio, bring sweet tea, and I'll make chili. You see, honey, we're going to Hawaii. Why? Kate wants us to try her chili. <laughs> we're going for a yes. chili to eat. No, some Ohio, chili. not Hawaii. <laughs> Did I say Hawaii? Yes. <laughs> Wow, that was a bit of Freud. I guess I want to go to Hawaii with Michelle. I guess evidently. Oh well, you know that would be. I'm sure she'd love to hey, go Kate, to Hawaii. Hey, y'all, y'all are going to meet Michelle and I in Hawaii, so we can eat some of your chili. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Perfect. Well, there you go. A little insight into the the psyche of of one Chris Lynch. Um, thanks for joining us on the Cultivating hey. Podcast. Hope you found that helpful. As always, um, follow us. Follow this. Follow the pub. Follow the podcast, like, subscribe, review, rate, all those things. If uh, we can be of service to you further than what we're doing in this podcast by giving you great content about sugar. Great content. On on your cuts. Um, look us up online. And, and chili. And, and chili. <laughs> 
Look, look us up at cultivategroup.org, C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org, and reach out to us. We'll be glad to help you any way we can. With that being said, until next time, we'll see you on the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.